It was very much kind of part of our journey that when I came across B Corp, which was in 2016 when I was at an event, I thought, well, this is something that sounds like us. Our ethos and our values were really closely aligned with the B Corp movement. For us, it was really important that we could show that things can be different. And many other textiles businesses in in clothing, you know, they're really making these steps forward. But in home textiles, we weren't seeing as much momentum. So for us, it was really important to communicate what we're about and show that we were aligned to these values of B Corp as well. Welcome back to her CEO journey. Today, you are listening to a very, very special episode because we have an exciting news to share with you. Profit Reimagine Inc. is now a certified B Corporation, joining 5,981 other businesses in 86 countries across 158 industries. We are joining big names like Patagonia and Ben and & Jerry in a movement making businesses a force for good. I still remember when I left my corporate career in 2017. I searched for something different, something meaningful, and can make a difference in this world while making money. I thought I couldn't be the only one feeling this way. There's gotta be a better way of making money. There must be at least one business out there who does the right thing. A company that treats its people right while making money. A company that makes people's life for the better. A company that brings joy to the lives of families and communities. Then I was attending a conference in 2019 and I heard a certified B Corporation talk about her business as a force for good and how her company is regenerative versus extractive and she is still making profit. That was my aha moment. I knew then whatever business I build has to be certified B Corporation. And here we are today, officially on September 21st, 2022, Profit Reimagine Inc is a certified B Corporation. For us, becoming a certified B Corporation means we are challenged every day to think about how we can make the life of people and communities better while making profit that can be put back into people and planet. We are challenged to figure out how this business can empower women to be financially literate and be an independent income generation for the family. We are challenged to create equality and make sure more female founders can build sustainable and profitable business. At the same time, we are making sure that purpose is the heart of everything we do. We believe if we help create financial growth, profit, joy, and certainty in people's life, then they and their families continue to amplify their purpose in life and contribute to their communities and our world in ways that inspires and surprise them. That's a regenerative cycle. This is just a beginning of a journey, not the end. And being part of a community of like-minded businesses 
means we can learn and support each other. We can challenge the status quo. We can challenge capitalism together, and we can change the world for the better. That's why in today's episode, we are also inviting another business who received her B Corp certification recently. Claire Watkins, the managing director of Transetter, a certified B Corporation. Transetter is a four-generation family business. Claire and I we talk about what it means for her and Transetter to become a certified B Corporation and why it's important for her and the industry in general. We hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode. Now, let's find out Claire CEO journey. Claire Watkins, welcome to her CEO journey. It is a pleasure to have you here today. Well, hello Christina. It's brilliant to be here with you today as well. Yeah, so before we get into your company Transetter, a B Corp journey, I want to start with your own journey in becoming the managing director of Transetter. Yes, well, I suppose it happened a long time ago because my dad was third generation of the family business when it was set up by my great grandfather, and he actually joined when he was sixteen. But we won't be going back that far. I think when I was about sixteen, my dad was really keen that I started talking about it, wanted me to join, but I had a lot of other plans as sixteen-year-olds tend to do. I know. So, <laughs> actually, I was going to do medicine and become a doctor. But then I realized that actually I really wasn't so keen on working in hospitals, although I love the people side of it. So I went off to university, did a degree in biological sciences because the environment really fascinates me. And after that, a bit of a change of direction, I went into marketing and I kind of really wondered what will I do next? And I suppose that's when my dad saw his opportunity, really. (laughs) (laughs) So at the time, we were actually setting up a factory in Estonia, which is in northeastern Europe. It was a really exciting time for the business, something quite different. And I'd always loved to travel. So he sort of said, would you like to go out there, see what we're doing? After that visit, I joined the business and there was a lot of travel involved. When you made the decision to join the family business, what was one of the first thing you did in the business to make it correlated with the environmental and the communication that you wanted to always connect? Yeah, well, when I joined, I was only 22. So firstly, I had a lot of learning to do before anyone would take me seriously and that I wasn't just the boss's daughter on an easy um, easy number. So I had to really work very hard and I was based pretty much on the factory floor. I had to sort of get stuck in and really understand the business as to how were these products made. That really took me overseas to how were the raw materials made? What were the working conditions like of the people that were working there? And then I got involved with some really exciting businesses that we were supplying and they had really challenging environmental targets that they were aiming to achieve. Initially, there was an awful lot to learn and production was one of the first things before I got more into sales and marketing. Then it It moves on to finance and it depended on where the business was. And I had to sort of learn and develop my skills so that I could help shape the future of the business. You are the fourth generation of a family business, but it seems like you have done a lot 
even before becoming a certified B Corp in July 2022. I'm really curious, how did you combine all the experience you got in understanding the business to become a certified B Corp? Well, it's a very long journey, I suppose. And our business was always focused on doing things the right way and talking to our customers about what we were doing, talking to our teams about what we were doing, working with suppliers very closely to help them improve their working standards. It was very much kind of part of our journey that when I came across B Corp, which was in 2016 when I was at an event, I thought, well, this is something that sounds like us. Our ethos and our values were really closely aligned with the B Corp movement, which is in a market and an industry such as textiles, where there's many processes and things that aren't done in the right way. For us, it was really important that we could show that things can be different. And many other textiles businesses in In clothing, you know, they're really making these steps forward. But in home textiles, we weren't seeing as much momentum. So for us, it was really important to communicate what we're about and show that we were aligned to these values of B Corp as well. Prior to B Corp, though, you already have a few certification already. Like I saw on your website, you got like Better Cut Than Initiative. You are part of the ISO 14001. So why another certification? For us, B Corp has allowed us to bring all all of those certifications together and actually sort of challenge, should we be doing all of these certifications? Which ones are right? Which ones are wrong? It's actually made us realize some of the things that we hadn't really valued were much more important than we realized. Because when you're doing things day to day, sometimes you don't realize how different you are to others. So B Corp has been a real learning journey for so many people within our business that have helped complete the BIA assessment to provide all the documentation. And it's also, it's been so important for our team because that recognition about who we are, it's been really powerful for them to realize that we're part of this B Corp community. And we're very early days of B Corp journey, but so far, it's just brilliant to meet other businesses that are challenging ways of doing business. And there's some amazing examples of how people are doing things differently. It's really uplifting in some pretty challenging times to see businesses saying, well, That's one way of doing things, but we can do it differently and we can do it better. And you learn so much from others in that process. And I think that it's a rapidly changing market. And, you know, we've really got to see our way through to to more positive things. For me, one of the challenges that I face as a small business is really getting all the documentation ready. What were the challenges that you face in getting the B Corp certification? The documentation was at hand in terms of our processes, employment information on our people. There's just so many different aspects that are looked at. And one aspect which very few of these other audits look at is your governance. And so actually questions around the governance, the board of directors, who's involved in decision making, 
which members of your team are invo involved in your sustainability targets? How do you report these things? That was actually quite a new area for our business because we'd sort of just got on and done <laughs> before. So it really challenged thought processes. And I think that so much was learned through the process. And ultimately, we were super keen to reach the standard to become a B Corp. But there were some things that we sort of had to improve along that journey as well. So are you nervous with the new BIA coming out? Because I am nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really important that standards are continually evolving because many, many businesses are joining and it shouldn't just be something that is used as a marketing tool, that this is something that is businesses that behave differently. I think it is something special and different that we've got to encourage more people to join, but it's with the right ethos. And it's not about greenwashing or making yourself look better than you actually are. So I, I kind of welcome development of the standards. Of course, you know, to remain as a B Corp, you've got to continue to develop and, and be better each time. So when you're trying to continually reduce your carbon footprint, for instance, whilst you're growing, you know, these things are not easy and not straightforward. And we've, we've got to work out which areas of the business do we invest in. And with this, it brings the added questions when it's, it's also looking at also, well, what's the environmental impact of that investment as well? When I was thinking about becoming a B Corp, obviously my business is different. It's a service business. And then for me, it's about the people that I work with, the client that I work with. Obviously, carbon footprint, our carbon footprint is not as huge as a company like yours. Your supply chain is like huge and big. And it's like in different countries, especially that you launched over in the U.S. Uh, recently. At the same time, I believe as B Corp businesses, we cannot stand still. I interview so many B Corps in this podcast, and in some of them has been B Corp for many, many years. One of the reasons why I wanted to become a B Corp, because I could see the B Corp businesses are always evolve. They're always thinking about long-term instead of short-term. And you are absolutely right. It's not about the greenwashing. When you are true to your core in terms of your value. And then this is how you run your business. The B Corp certification, I feel that it's holds you accountable. The new BIA or the new impact assessment will help the B Corp communities to continue evolving and elevate and really allowing many B Corp to do this because they want to do right for the environment, for the people and the planet, not just for greenwashing. Yeah, I think this is really important to evolve your business. Our business is, is different to what it was four years ago, to 10 years ago, to 15 and, you know, radically different <laughs> in some respects. And it's really exciting. It's exciting for the people that are on that journey. You've got that stability that there's a business and it's been around a long time, but they can see it's always changing and they can be part of that journey and they can own part of it. And that's quite exciting for them too. Trendsetter basically like started early. You are zero waste. You are 100% runs on renewable energy. Now, did this process start 
way before you join the business or after you join the business? No, after. And one of the changing points was actually moving out to Estonia with my family, young family, because I sort of had a short maternity on my second child. And then I sort of had this opportunity in this time where I could go out to Estonia and live in Estonia. And then it was just that as a nation, they think so differently to the UK and the pride in the country and the cleanliness and you know, they were keen to do things differently. And at that point, I mean, a lot of our waste went to landfill. So we weren't recycling and we hadn't thought about it. And we hadn't realized that we could save money by actually selling our waste, which is what we do. (laughs) Our um, actual textile waste is used in uh, cuddly toys through another business that we work with. So there was a journey sort of around 2015, 2016, where we started to become zero waste and analyze where each of our waste streams could go so that, you know, we weren't sending anything to landfill. We were working with some businesses like Marks and Spencer's, another one who had a, you know, what they call um, plan A. And it was about lessening the environmental impact and, and more positive impact. And it was actually sort of learning from them what was a plan A eco factory in their eyes and saying, right, well, how do we implement this? How do we get better? Because you've got to learn from somewhere. And they had actually kind of established these requirements. And so we started the rest of that, become using 30% renewable energy. And then shortly afterwards, we said, well, come on, let's do 100%. So yeah, it, it was an evolution, but we did it pretty quickly. And by 2016, actually, we were an Estonian environment business of the year. And and it actually came with a 35,000 euro prize winning, which you could then reinvest in your business. So we did. And we, we upgraded aspects of our production and put energy monitors across the factory. So we had 42 energy monitors telling us which were the machines using all the energy and what could we do to reduce the energy. So the investment has really paid back because we've been able to sort of save and reduce our energy we actually put air source heat pumps in and that reduced our electricity cost as well as our environmental um, cost as well. It becomes part of your kind of investment strategy when you're looking at from a factory point of view. So these are the ways in which we evaluate things now. It's not just on the financial payback, but also the environmental payback. I know though, like with a lot of certification, with a lot of commitment in the zero waste and renewable energy, they all require money. And so in terms of the financial planning process you have in place, how how do you do it to balance between your purpose and your profit? We go through the budgeting forecasting process before a year even starts. And then, you know, we're monitoring ourselves against a number of financial measures and performance measures throughout the year. With that quite detailed planning, detailed forecasting, you know, that goes right down to product level, very detailed overhead analysis, you've got a really clear picture of where the costs are within the business and and what's needed to enable you to progress to the next year and the next year. We've always been a business that's reinvested profit back in the business to help move us forward. That's been ingrained in my thinking is that, you know, profit is there to reinvest for the future. It's vital to us that we're in a strong cash position. And I think it's it's absolutely vital to keep a healthy balance sheet 
so that we can continue to have greater impact. I think otherwise, obviously, you can see businesses where things are really starting to deteriorate. And if, you know, they lose that sense of purpose. And let's face it, there's some very challenging times ahead. But, you know, you've got to keep a momentum and moving forward because, you know, the strongest will keep moving forward, those that are adaptable to change. So we've got to keep that degree of flexibility and nimbleness. It's hard to balance between making sure you have a great business model and a great scaling model that bring in profit. At the same time, stay through with your purpose. When you launch in the US, I'm pretty sure there are certain things that you have to think about in regards to carbon footprint. How are you making sure that you continue to maintain carbon footprint goal that you have within your impact reporting, for example. So can you share a little bit what leads you, one, to make a decision to launch in the U.S. and how are you ensuring that that goal still align with your B Corp values? I think that assessing any growth plan, you've got to be sure that what you've got and what your offering to others is offering value, something different. You've got to have that confidence that you've got something different and that you've got a different story to tell. So we are bringing the story of how we make the goods, the fact that the fillings are made from recycled bottles, that it's made in an eco factory, the wages are well paid, and it's got to have all of those elements, which challenges some of the industry norms. And I think there's a value that people see in products made in an ethical and sustainable way. We've got to make sure that we're offering the best. So we do look at the carbon footprint of our products versus those in the market to ensure that, you know, they're lower carbon footprint. We've obviously got to look at the shipping footprint as well and make sure that it is going by sea and that it's getting to consumers in the most low impact route as possible, which is challenging. (laughs) It is challenging. Our first two orders were completely different sides of um, the US. So, you know, it's not lost on us the huge transport miles. And I think, you know, we have got a lot to learn along this journey as well. But I'm really proud that we're bringing something of quality and at a price point of value that in the UK is is kind of really created a lot of excitement. That's exciting to be bringing something a little bit different. You have a lot of products that I saw on your website. So which one do you launch in the U.S.? And then where can they find these products? This is the coverless duvet. So we've got a, a printing machine so we can print the outer covers of a duvet. So it's between a duvet and a comforter, but it's very, very lightweight, very soft. I mean, if you're a child, it feels like a cuddly toy. It's got people who love it from three years old, three to 99 and It's a very special filling, which is traps more air. So it's much lighter. So you don't have this feeling of being trapped. But then when you need to wash it, you just put it in the washing machine and (laughs) quick wash and it dries very quickly. It's called Nightlark Duvet and launched on nightlark.com is our own website. And yeah, it's really exciting. We'll be building on the storytelling and there'll be new designs coming through. As I say, we've got this new in-house printer which again has got all these benefits that you you don't have to bring vast amounts of fabric in from your fabric suppliers. You know, you've got that flexibility. You can do short runs. 
And so actually my current challenge is understanding the world of design, which is a whole new challenge for the next couple of weeks for me and understanding, you know, different designs for different people. Um, But it's exciting. Oh, I am excited for you. And and I really hope that your trip to Toronto will lead the products to launch over in Canada as well. I'm hoping so. It's really exciting. I'm trying to sort of avoid jumping too quickly, but I, again, I, I, I feel it would be yeah, a great product for the market. So, um, you know, that's exciting when you've got something different. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what every business wants. <laughs> I know that I have to let you go because you are doing a CEO sleep out. What is CEO sleep out that you're going to be doing after this podcast interview? Yeah, so CEO sleep out, it's about raising awareness of homelessness. So basically a group of CEOs from the Manchester area will be sleeping out in our sleeping bags. But it's really part of it is about fundraising for a number of different homeless charities, but it's about gaining awareness as well. And for us, we donate a lot of bedding to to different charities who get it to the people that, that need it the most. And because of our location in, in Europe, we've been providing a lot of bedding to Ukrainians into Poland who've been arriving in Poland, for instance. And we do a lot of activities around Manchester and in providing bedding when people have got no nothing basically essentially is it's going to be interesting part of it is connecting with other businesses other ceos finding out what they're doing it's a learning journey it's an experience that will probably be cold and a bit miserable but this is only for one night for a lot of people this is every night so um we're very very lucky i think in that respect and i think sometimes you know to really understand you've got to sort of take yourself a step towards it And then specifically, the money goes to ex-servicemen who have been through various mental and physical challenges after leaving the services. So that's charity that we'll be supporting as well as part of this. I really hope you're going to keep yourself warm. It really has been a pleasure to have you here to share your B Corp journey because both my business and your business just got our B Corp certification. But before I let you go, let us know where we can find you, where we can find Transsetter in the United States and in the UK. Yeah, well, in the United States, it's on nightlark.com. And in the UK, we are finebedding.co.uk. Watch the space. Hopefully, we'll be able to bring some to uh, Toronto sometime soon. <laughs> well, I'm excited for that. Let me know when it happens. Thank you so much, Claire, for being here. Well, it's been a pleasure to speak to you, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. And that's bring us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for mission-driven women entrepreneurs. When you are ready to grow to the next level and seeking a finance team and a fractional CFO who are all in on your mission and can help you maximize profit, to make a bigger social impact, connect with us at theprofitreimagine.com forward slash let's chat.